Welcome to the Pockets of Knowledge podcast, where we share illuminating stories and knowledge to inform, educate, inspire and empower you in the areas of business, health, finance, philanthropy, art, and entrepreneurship, designed to help you achieve your goals. And now here is your host, Desiree Stanley. Welcome, everyone, to the Pockets of Knowledge podcast. I'm your host, Desiree Stanley, and with me today is Krista Nelson. Welcome, Krista. Thank you for being on the show today. Hi. Thank you so much. I'm super excited to be here. And I am excited to have you on the show as well. Krista has so much great information about real estate, social media, social media marketing and real estate, and how that's helped to um, really get information out to her clients and other people in the community. And so we're here today to talk a little bit about that. And uh, so here we are today to talk about social media, marketing, and real estate. And so Krista, can you tell us when did you begin your real estate um, journey? Yeah, so I started, uh, I'm going into my sixth year. So I started in 2017, in May of 2017. I remember it very specifically. And it's been a fun ride ever since. And we definitely have had some ups and some downs in the those um, brief number of years. Um, and so what kind of decided that you wanted to get into real estate? Yeah, so a couple different things. First, I came from tech. I came from HR in tech, the most exciting thing you could ever imagine. And I was working crazy hours. I worked through, you know, my first pregnancy. I was driving two hours to work every day. So it was just, it was a lot. And I decided to make an effort to try to stay home when my first was born, which wasn't planned, but it became something that made the most sense for our family. And I realized very quickly that I am not the best stay at home mom. <laughs> so I needed something beyond that, even though it was so fulfilling and I would never ever change a thing about it. I was home for five years with my kids. And I just made the decision that I wanted to do something else beyond that. And once they were starting to go to preschool and things like that, it just, it made sense. So I started thinking about real estate. I had thought about real estate for quite some time. I love relationship building. I love our community. So it seemed to work really well with what I already enjoyed doing. I also had this itch to start my own business. So this just made the most sense. It was a little bit more plug and play than starting a business from scratch, right? I mean, you're building a brand, but it's it's a very different feeling. So I decided I was gonna give it a try. And I remember very specifically asking my husband, like, what if I fail? And he's like, well, who cares? Then you just do something else. And the simplest of husband advice really led me on this path because I'm like, oh, you're right. What, what happens if I fail? Nothing, nothing happens. I'll change, I'll learn from it and I'll move on. So I, I just went head first and really just went all in and here we are today. <laughs> that's excellent. And that's such great advice. And I love that. So simple, right? So what? what? <laughs> I mean, it's not life or death you're going to be fine if things don't work out in this direction, pivot and move on to a, a different direction. Right. Yeah. And, and little did I know 
the drive inside of me refused to fail. <laughs> I, I learned very quickly that that was something that I was like, no, I'm a figure it out person. If I say I'm going to do this, I'm going to do it and I'm going to execute on it. I didn't have that confidence back then, right? I didn't really find myself in this business because I was like, oh, I'm cutthroat and I'm going to do this. I was like, I enjoy doing it. So it makes sense. And it's just been, it's, it's such an incredible journey and building those relationships and learning more about the community and being able to share our community with other people. That was huge. And it still is huge, right? I mean, I love that aspect of the business. Well, how has that kind of changed uh, with your parenting? Like, you know, getting the kids involved. Um, they were quite young when you started, right? They, they were definitely young. <laughs> and my daughter had just started going to part-time preschool. Um, and they didn't really know anything about what I did back then. I mean, it was they thought my job was going to my office upstairs. Like that was, they didn't know what my job was. It's a quick, easy thing to figure out. Like mom sells houses is an easy thing to grasp. So as they got a little bit older, they started understanding more. And it's really fun to watch it evolve because during the pandemic, of course, the kids were home and they're in elementary school. It was a lot of hands on kind of stuff. And business was thriving in late 2020, mid 2020. I mean, once people could actually see houses again, it was going nuts. And so my kids, I kept permanently scooters in my trunk and we would go do photo shoots and we would go meet the stagers and they would ride scooters in the front driveway. And, you know, I would make sure to have lots of activities in the car because there was no choice, right? My husband's right. a nurse. He was working crazy hours. This wasn't just like a, I got to figure out who's going to watch my kids. No, this was a situation of, look, I have kids. This is part of me. And I am also going to kick some butt and get your home listed and get you a lot of money. Right. And right. the two just really overlapped so well. And now my son is very into this and he loves, he loves city planning. So he loves Ooh. figuring out zoning. He's 10. So, you know, this is the age where they figure things out and they like different things. And it's not just about like, I like blue. <laughs> they <laughs> actually have real conversations and real thoughts about the world. Right. And so it's kind of exciting because he's along with me on that journey and he just loves it. And my daughter just likes pretty things. So she's like, <laughs> let me see pictures of the houses. Let me see mom's video that's talking about the houses. Like that's what she cares about. But I just make sure that they're fully involved in the process. And I, they see that I work hard and also plan goals with them. So I, I make sure that they're involved in my success. Right. And that's, that's so important as a mom, because sometimes, or a lot of times I'm working in the evenings or I'm working on weekends and they need to understand why, right? Because mm -hmm. that's not a traditional work schedule. And so sometimes it's hard for kids to grasp mom being somewhere at dinner time. And why didn't you cook dinner tonight? Why did we have hot dogs with dad? Right. And <laughs> Them understanding that and also knowing that there's big goals behind it. We're planning a trip to Alaska because they planned that trip for us with the goals that I have that I've set. 
And they helped me set those goals. And now they're like, go to work, mom, (laughs) do your phone calls, mom. Like they're, they're a little too aggressive (laughs) because they know, (laughs) they know that with hard work becomes something else, right? With that work, there are also rewards with it. Absolutely right though. It's that when the kids become involved in what you're doing and they see like, oh, this is what we can do if mom is successful. And it's like, okay, mom, go, go, go. And then it doesn't become like, I'm missing mom. Where's mom? You know, why don't we have any time with mom? And it sounds like you've really incorporated them because of necessity in everything that you do. And, and it's fantastic. Um, so going back to, you know, the pandemic, it, it shifted a lot of things for, um, real estate in terms of, for, we were all on lockdown. We couldn't go see homes, uh, for tours and that kind of thing. And so that really, I think, opened up the social media side of it, right? With um, video tours became really a big part of um, home buying and home selling. And yeah. would you say that kind of uh, launched sort of the direction uh, with your business in, in uh, getting a lot of that social media up and running? Yeah. So I've always done social media for real estate. It was something that I believed in pretty much in the first year. I always did video. I always did market updates, but the way that it shifted during the pandemic was I was giving virtual tours and I was doing, I was in more of the listing videos. Right. And I just really wanted to make sure that it was all video first, all social media first, because that's how people in those times, that's how people were making their decision, right? And that thankfully has stuck. So you see a lot more agents and a lot more brokerages using high-end photography and twilight photos and drone and giving more of a dynamic image of a home. I usually call it like the Instagram version of your house, right? Like you want it to be pretty and bright and perfect and to paint a picture for someone that if that's the only moment that they're going to use to decide if that's the house for them, they're going to decide it is. And so that element I think was founded in the pandemic, I would say, and I'm not trying to toot my own horn, but I, I have been doing that for a long time. I think more people started doing it during the pandemic. Okay. Was there something that launched it for you? You, you were just active on social media. And so you thought like, Hmm, I could do this too. Or was there something that sort of sparked the inspiration since you were sort of doing it before, um, you know, the pandemic began? Yeah. I mean, I think the creativity behind social media was where I really started to dive into and dig into. So I had already been posting kind of the generic stuff already with market updates and just kind of generic information, right? It was just basic info. It was mostly on Facebook. When I discovered Instagram and all of Instagram and Reels, I quickly learned that there was so much more to this than I, than I really realized. So I started to become more of myself and. I feel like that is where I saw a lot of success. So I, I mean, even now to this day, the videos that I make are great. The listing videos are great. I mean, I, but the thing that gets the most interest and the most business is usually like blooper reels, right. Or doing a quick little video with my phone. 
because that's where you actually get to see the person. The, the very nice realtor version of me is not the same, you know, in the hi, welcome to isn't really the same as like the chaotic mess of a mom and wife and crazy person, right? <laughs> it's one is like the very perfected version of me. And then one is like, okay, that's, that's who you really are. And so being able to find comfort in that and to speak to an audience in that way, that's where I started seeing a lot of success. What kind of advice would you give to people who are starting to do this and maybe don't feel so comfortable um, recording themselves on camera? What could you share that might um, help alleviate some of that maybe discomfort? One of the most important pieces, and I think it was Chelsea Pites that originally told me this, I think, uh, but many have said it in the past is find someone that you're talking to, right? You have to develop an avatar. And what that means is visualize the perfect client that you could be talking to right now. And whoever that is, give them a name even, whatever, whatever makes you feel more comfortable. We have so much ease when we're out just talking one-on-one -on -one to a person right? It's the second that recording happens that you're like, oh my God, there's people. But in a community, when you're talking just one-on-one -on -one to someone in real life, you're not nervous. I mean, most, most people aren't nervous. You feel comfortable. You're not thinking, how does my hair look? <laughs> you're, not, you're not thinking all of these things. You're just having a real conversation. So the more you can make that feel natural and make it feel real, the more comfortable you'll become. I think about it in the way of, I always have a person in mind. I always am thinking about a specific person that I'm talking to and what they would expect from me in that moment, right? And there are no retakes when you're talking in real life. You're not jump cutting. You're not doing all of this fancy editing of a video. We have so much more on video, right? To be able to, to create a video and then cut it down to your perfect parts that's not real life, but no. we have that in video. So even if you do mess up, who cares? And half the time it makes you look more human anyway. No one wants a perfect person to talk to them. And right. mm -hmm. I just want to relate to you. And I want to be a normal person to you, but I want to do an amazing job at what I can do and what I do best. So that's kind of the, the thought process for me. And I mean, just practice I've been doing video this, so sixth year, I've been doing video and yeah. it's just doing it over and over and over again. And we all have bad days and we all have day. I'm just going into YouTube now recently. And that thing is just a headache and a half. It's so different, but you just do it and you keep yeah. going because if you mess up on something or if you have one video that you don't feel great about, it doesn't matter the grand scheme of things. If you just keep creating that just gets lost in the dust anyway. The one that you messed up on or the one you're not happy with, it's going to be forgotten. The stuff that you shine at, that's what's going to be noticed. And you uh, mentioned before about how you want to be related, relating to people as a real person. You are a real person. You're not perfect, nor are the people that you're talking to. And so those videos maybe that aren't the best, we're not maybe happiest with them. It's just proves you are a real person. We make mistakes. You're a real person, right? So yeah. 
Yeah. You maybe don't care for it, but it's there. It shows I'm real. Exactly. And yeah. you know, it's, it's interesting because our, our mess ups are actually what makes us the most endearing. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and when you stop and laugh at yourself or when you, you know, have a moment where you can breathe, that's usually the moment that you're the most relatable. How would you say the uh, different platforms that you've been um, posting on have made a difference in your business? I mean, do you find you're getting more um, results from Instagram or Facebook? Uh, you just launched something on YouTube, it sounds like. So have you seen any kind of um, results from any of those places that one's better than the other? So I think one leads into the other is really what I would say. So they're all such different platforms, right? So TikTok, I just started back in June, I believe. I've grown it tremendously. I'm very grateful. I've already gotten business off of TikTok. So I'm very happy about TikTok. That's awesome. Uh, YouTube, I consistently did about a year ago and then stopped. So I did start getting business off of YouTube, which is again, wonderful, but I think most land on Instagram as the final place. So TikTok's hard to communicate on. It's all about people commenting, but less about direct messaging because you have to both be following each other and YouTube, there's no way to direct message. So my goal is always to bring people back to Instagram because Instagram is the easiest place for communication. And it also gives the most dynamic version of myself and what I'm doing. I have stories on there, I have reels. So there's a lot more on there and you can communicate. So I tend to find more people going from YouTube and going from TikTok over to Instagram. So. Instagram, I think will forever be my love. It's where I've done most of my business. About 70% of my business this year has been from Instagram. Wow. A couple of those found me on YouTube though, and then started following me on Instagram. So again, it just gives a more well-rounded version of me, I guess you could say, because YouTube again is very like, here's the cut and dry information. People don't want that dynamic side of it. They really just want information. And so people go over to Instagram, they start getting to know who I am and what I do. And that's where the relationships are built. Got it. And I have been following your Instagram um, <laughs> posts and your reels and all of that. And I think you just do a fantastic job, which is, you know, partly why I wanted you to be on the show to share uh, that knowledge, because they are just fantastic. And I really enjoy it. You're sharing information about what's happening in the market. Um, that's useful to people and you're doing it in a fun way. And I think that that has really become sort of the future of, you know, how we're getting information, right? Absolutely. Yeah. It's just people want to be entertained and they want education, right? And they want it all. And it's, it's very strategic. I mean, it's, my, my husband, bless his heart, he doesn't understand social media whatsoever. And the minute someone I know gets into real estate that's in their 20s, he's like, watch out. <laughs> and, and I'm like, well, but that's not, you don't just know how to do these things. It takes so much effort and so much work and so much strategy. I mean, I'm reviewing my analytics at least once a week. I'm trying to figure out what's working, what's not. And I'm constantly changing how to get information out there. Right. And 
there's so much that you assume people don't care about, like my market updates. I'm like, eh, nobody's watching those on Instagram. I'm just going to scrap them. And then I get messages from people. Where are the market updates? I miss your market updates. I'm like, oh, you're one of the four people that actually <laughs> enjoys that. But that's what matters, right? right? I don't care about the general people that will never do business and don't care about our community. I want people here looking at that content and getting value from it. So it's it's a lot of work, but it's it's my marketing, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, I, I don't traditionally market and this is my happy place. So how amazing is it that I can do something that brings me so much joy and connects with so many people and I'm getting business out of it. It's, right. it's amazing. I mean, I always need to know how I can grow and how I can serve my clients and my future clients, right? I mean, I just want to get out the information and if I can do it in a funny way, sometimes fantastic. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And now looking back again about your kids being involved in this, um, have they been a part of your, you know, Instagram stories and reels and that kind of thing as well? Throw a little bit of family stuff in there as highlights and just to talk a little bit more about me and who I am. But generally speaking, they're probably in like 10% of my content. Sure, sure, sure. Uh, but I think it also makes you, you know, relatable, right? Though that people yeah. see, okay, she's kind of like me, maybe a couple of kids and, you know, here's her community and you can be related to in that way because- you know, you're sharing, I've got kids, you've got kids, yeah. you know, Hey, there's a connection that we've got there. And, um, you know, I'm just like you. Yeah. And that's, uh, to be honest, that's most of my followers on most of my channels. So mm -hmm. it's, it's a lot of people that are 35 to 44 female. A lot of them have kids. They're in the craziness as well. And, you know, so that's who I'm talking to and that's who I'm relating back to. I mean, we're all in this together, right? <laughs> right. Absolutely. Yeah. And so, um, of the business that you've, you've gotten from Instagram, have you found that it's really just in that sort of age group or are you, um, you know, able to find people of all ages, um, in that manner? I mean, we kind of know that it sort of targets a certain age group. So what, what have you seen? Yeah, so Instagram, mostly people in that grouping, um, just as it's been. But YouTube, oddly enough, is, I keep getting surprised by YouTube. I had one guy that hired me single, no kids yet, like, you know, just <laughs> trying to find a house for himself in Gilroy and amazing person. And he was big into YouTube. And really that's it, right? I mean, he looked for information. He found me, he interviewed me and it worked. And now we're good friends, right? Nice. And my my other clients that closed, I believe late last year on YouTube, they are young, far younger than me in their twenties and, you know, no kids yet. And again, this is where people are going. And I feel mm -hmm. like it's happening with younger generations. I sound like I'm a little old lady when I say this, but <laughs> it's happening with the younger generations even more so. Yeah. So, you know, millennials and younger, that's how they're sourcing information. They're going to YouTube. They're going to TikTok. This is their new Google. And yeah. 
the rest of us have to realize that you can either fight it and keep doing what you're doing and just hope for the best, or you can follow where the largest grouping of people are going to be buying and where they're looking and then maximize on that. So it's, it's interesting and it's a fun study because I love to see where people are coming from, but the majority of people on Instagram are within that kind of but just yeah. that's my typical audience, right? Sure. I gotcha. Um, and so what would you say, because uh, you talked a little bit earlier about just practice, but is there something specifically that you can suggest that, um, you know, would be a good starting point for people? Is it a real, is it a live? Is it, you know, what would you say? I would say that if you're just starting out and you've never done video once before, start with reels or TikToks or something short form because it's comfortable, right? It's really quick. It's not that intimidating. Don't overcomplicate it. I just want to get it done and move on. And I mean, I can create three to four pieces of content in 15, 20 minutes, right? I mean, you can create so much in such a small amount of time, especially as you gain more comfort around it. So I would always suggest following people like Chelsea Pites, getting into Instagram reels, understanding what they are and who you're talking to, and just start there. And then stories. Stories on Instagram is probably one of the best tools because your sphere is seeing you, your followers are seeing you. It's not mostly not strangers. So that's how you're connecting with the people that already like you. (laughs) And that's really important to stay engaged with your community of followers. If someone is willing, the other thing that I would say is YouTube, even though longer form video is intimidating, it's still one of the biggest things for the buck for realtors, for a lot of people out there. I mean, people think it's the ship has sailed. It's too late. It's not too late. It's, it's a place where people are continuing to see a ton of business and a ton of success. And it's great for the analytical because Mm. someone, you don't have to dance. You don't have to lip sync. You don't have to be funny and you just can deliver information and it is forever on the platform. So people can go back, they can search for something and find you. I mean, it's just, it's there forever. It's evergreen and know that it's going to suck for a while. Know that your content's not going to be the perfect content that you see from YouTubers with a million followers or a million subscribers, right? right. You you have to just know, go look at someone with five subscribers and, and try to match them. <laughs> That's it. Because we've got to start somewhere and yes. we're not going to be perfect when we start as much as we want to be perfect and not make any mistakes. Um, because that's embarrassing, right? It's just not going to happen. You're going to have those um, first few that aren't so great, but that's okay. You'll get better, right? Exactly. And it can be very intimidating. And I say this myself because I'm relatively new to consistently putting out content on YouTube. And I have a lot of friends that are very good YouTubers and they're generating a lot of business and they're known for their YouTubes. And I'm going, okay, my, my videos don't look like that. And they're like, go look at my first videos. That's where 
you really learn, right? And that's where you see the progress because no one starts at a hundred. Yeah. No one. You have to start somewhere. And then that's how you learn and you develop and you grow from it and you become comfortable. I mean, that's all it is. And that's going back to the practice thing, right? Yeah. I mean, that's just, that's the most important thing. Uh, how long would you say you're spending on the social media posts that you're doing? It, it, you said something about you're making, um, you know, so many pieces of content in 10, 15 minutes. Um, how, how often are you doing that during the week? So how much time is that taking you? Yeah. So now I'm in a different place than I was months ago. I'm far more organized. I plan out a week in advance, right? So I know what my content should look like. And I say should, because there's always, I, I go a little off <laughs> every, every week, but I typically know exactly what I'm going to film for that week. And I try to pre-film some of the content and then some I just leave open because I like to film stuff as I see something or I feel like I want to create something. But most of my content is pre-filmed and pre-batched for the week just to create more bandwidth. YouTube, my goal is to at least have one month of content ahead. So it's just thinking of ways to do it. So I know I'm going to execute because if I had to do something daily, or if I had to do something every week that felt somewhat daunting to me, like YouTube, I need to be in the right mindset. I need to just get it done when I feel my best, when I'm the most energetic and I get it all done at once. And then I'm not constantly worried and thinking about it. Short form stories, things like that. Sometimes I feel like creating things just because I feel like it but a lot of it is planned out at the very least. So I have a general plan because again, going back to it being a strategy, it's my marketing. And so there's a lot of strategy and analytics behind it. So everything I'm posting is with a certain purpose. And so I know, and my team and I know ahead of time what that looks like. Six months ago, it was like willy nilly. <laughs> well, so it, as I could. Yeah. And, but so there's going to be people who maybe haven't started doing this yet, who are going to be in that position. Right. So it, it doesn't matter though. It's like, you've just got to begin, yes. right. Just get yeah. started and learn as you go. Yeah. And I just got off a call with, um, Jeremy Knight, who is an amazing realtor out of Austin. He is very big on YouTube. He generates a lot of business on YouTube and he was talking and this applies to long form and short form, but creating four ideas every single week, the same ideas, and then just doing those on repeat, but they're, they're going to change, right? So some market updates, some local news, neighborhoods that you can talk about, you can repeat that every single week for the rest of your life and yeah. never run out of content, right? So just people overcomplicate the idea of social media and the idea of video so much that they just don't execute. So being able to yeah. think, okay, what do people actually wanna know? Well, they wanna see what restaurants are in Morgan Hill, or they wanna see my favorite communities in San Jose, or they wanna know what the market's doing right now. Like there's just, there's so many easy ideas out there and it, you again, you don't need to sing and dance, just get out. <laughs> One of my most engaged, high engagement posts of the week was talking about TikTok moving its headquarters or ByteDance, which is the main corporate. 
and moving to San Jose. And people love talking about stuff like that, right? And I'm just delivering information. I, yeah. I'm not sharing much more beyond that, but people love to talk about stuff like that. Absolutely. Right. Because it, that's it. That is an exciting point. That's a huge company. And to headquarter in San Jose, which um, for us is not that far away. It's, it's an exciting bit of information for sure. Yeah. yeah. And just hearing what people think about them moving here, how it may affect home values, how it right. may affect traffic. I mean, people, there's a lot of opinions. <laughs> so just simplifying. That's it. Yeah. Okay. Um, and so speaking a little bit about, you know, what's happening with the market, what's a couple of um, pieces of information that you think that um, maybe potential home buyers who are sort of watching what's happening with the market, what, what should they know about buying now or waiting to buy later? Yeah. So, you know, I have no crystal ball. If I did, I would be the richest woman alive. Yeah. However, you know, what we can do is gather data and gather information from other industry experts that are saying things, right? So what do we see in the market data wise? We see that prices have leveled off. We see that they're coming back down. It's a pandemic correction. We also see that they're talking about interest rates continuing to rise for at least a good three to six months still. And who knows when they're going to come back down. So the, the realization of affordability and if it's going to become more, more affordable in where the area that we are and where we live, no, I, I don't think that it will become more affordable. It's kind of a pipe dream in the Bay Area, but is it an opportunity? Yes. This is a reason that there's so many investors out there that are just buying up everything they can because they will buy when others are fearful. Mm -hmm. And that's a very, very good indicator of what's happening. Now, granted, investors notoriously no risk, and there, there are large risks when it comes to investments. And you don't know when you're at the bottom or the top until you're past it, right? right. So I have a lot of clients still actively looking but I have clients the same that are, are a little weary of the interest rates. And the reality is, can you afford a house? Do the payments make sense? Are you able to get into something? And do you need to be able to get into something right now? If the answer is yes, then it's time to buy a house. And yeah. are you comfortable with the payments right now? And would you even become more comfortable later if you're able to refi when the interest rates go back down? If the answer is yes to that, then it's even more of an opportunity for you, right? Yeah, right? This isn't the market to buy outside of your means. I never, ever recommend that. And this is definitely, the word opportunity is kind of overused right now and it drives me crazy, but it's hard to find another word for it because if I hadn't already owned a house, I would absolutely consider a market like this. Because, well, and we did, we bought in 2011 when, when things were a little crazy, but the prices were fantastic, right? Yes. And we just, we were lucky enough to be able to be in a position financially that we could buy something and we could put a 20% down payment, which at the time was pretty much the only option that you could do. And so we, we had opportunity and now 11 years later, 
we're pretty happy we made that choice, right? Yeah. You will never buy something and 10 years from now say, gosh, I really wish I didn't make that investment. Mm -hmm. But if someone is looking to buy to flip it and sell it in six months, I'd say this isn't the market for that. Yeah. yeah. This is the market for long-term investment. This is the market for buying a home and living in it. It's mm -hmm. not for a quick buck. And some people disagree, right? I mean, sure. this is merely my opinion. Yeah, that's excellent. And so then on the flip side, what about home sellers, you know, who maybe were thinking, oh my gosh, look at all these people who made all this money, but now what's happening? Should I wait? Should I sell now? Um, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, you will still make all this money. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's the reality. I mean, anyone that bought longer than one year ago will still have a bucket of equity, right? I mean, that's, yeah. that's the honest truth. If you bought six months ago and you're trying to sell now, you're going to be a little bit upside down more than mm -hmm. likely. If you bought a year plus ago, then you are in a fantastic economic position. Values are still well over up <laughs> from two years ago. We're, mm -hmm. we're sitting on tons of equity in our homes and values will continue to go up year over year. We're not in a dangerous territory by any sense, but sellers do have general concern. It's more of neighbor envy than anything else. And knowing like, well, my neighbor sold for $100,000 more than you're telling me my house is worth. It's yeah. like, well, it's not me telling you how much your house is worth. It's the market telling you how much your house is worth. That's so, right. you know, we can, we can sell it or put it on the market for that price. But at the end of the day, the market's going to tell you how much it's going to sell for. And mm -hmm. I mean, there's absolutely strategy involved, right? I mean, there's marketing is more important than ever, figuring out how to advertise someone's home, figuring out how to price someone's home as long as the seller is open to it. There's a lot of strategy behind that element of things, but this is still an amazing, amazing time to sell a home. It's just not going to be as crazy and hectic as it was at the peak. And sure. that's how it is in every single market. 2018, exactly the same, right? So right. at the end of the day, people are still selling for amazing amounts of money. Days on market are back to normal. They're not crazy high. They're just exactly where they were two years ago. I mean, <laughs> this isn't, we're not, well, I guess more than two years ago now. I kind of like forget how many years we've been in pandemic, post-pandemic. Late 2019, early 2020, we're back to those numbers again on days on market, on inventory, on everything. It's very, very similar, very different economy, but things are happening now with intent, right? And they're doing this on purpose. <laughs> there's, there's control of inflation happening and yeah. it's all done on purpose. And the interest rates are being raised because there's a plan to try to curb the inflation. So yeah. it's not like things broke, right? I mean, they're, right. they're trying to make sure things don't implode. That's, right. that's really the goal as far as yeah. financing went and yeah. <laughs> people that were buying houses shouldn't have bought houses. Yeah. And that is terrifying. So 
thankfully that isn't happening right now. And any good agent will make sure I take it as a responsibility, right? I want to make sure my clients are protected and there's only so much we can do, but I want to make sure that they're being realistic on what they can do right now. Yeah. You're doing, um, that's kind of new and different to, uh, really get the best for your clients, the best results for your clients. And I know that includes, um, some of the social media marketing, but you know, what other kinds of things are you doing? Yeah, I love that question. So definitely the video listing videos, huge. Uh, the last listing I had, I did a video and I had people call me from Instagram wanting to see the house, which is like, that's the dream, right? Yes. They didn't buy the house. They didn't buy the house, but oh. they are now clients. So it's wonderful, but they, they found the house from Instagram. So that's great. So being able to do that and just being in tune with what's going on in the market, right? We're in a small market in Morgan Hill. Everybody knows everybody. Having those relationships is so important, right? Being able to hear of maybe listings happening or know of listings that might be coming up and being able to be in that environment where everyone wants to be collaborative and everyone mm -hmm. likes each other and trusts each other. It's like that small town idea, right? And that's yeah. so important because I may hear of a listing or I may hear of a buyer for my listing before anyone else does, right? The goal is to beat Zillow. The goal is always <laughs> to have more information than Zillow, right? That's, right. it is. It's just forever you want to know more than Zillow. So being able to have those relationships with people and generate business without it ever being publicly known is so important. So just being involved in that, I think is one of the biggest, most important things. And just having market knowledge, knowing the ins and outs of the data of our market, what it's looking like day to day, what new listings are coming up, being able to see new listings as they're coming up. And just knowing that is so, so important in our space. Oh, absolutely. So before we wrap this up, I'd like to ask, is there any books or podcasts you've you know, read or listened to that you think have been um, super helpful to you, instrumental in your growth and development that you want to share with us? Oh, yes. Okay. So don't ask me authors. I'm worst at authors, okay. but I will tell you the names of the books because I'm all, I'm very excited about all of them. So um, I am reading currently the YouTube formula by Daryl Eves. Fantastic. Amazing, amazing read. It's not specific to real estate. It's more specific to just growing a YouTube channel and understanding it completely. It's been transformational in my YouTube journey. So I highly, highly recommend it. I'm, I just finished Alter Ego, which is a oh. fantastic read. And don't ask me the author. That's so okay. I'll look but it up and put it in the show notes. Yeah. Bright yellow book. It's fantastic. It's just about kind of trying to create a, not, not being inauthentic, but just creating a bigger version of yourself to give you confidence to do things that you normally wouldn't do. Wow. So amazing book. And then I am currently also reading Building a Story Brand, which if you have not heard of or read yet, highly, highly recommend it. It really creates a huge vision for what you're doing, whether it's social media, whether it's prospecting, traditional marketing, whatever it looks like, 
even if you're not in real estate, it's just a way to grow your business and connect with your people. Awesome. Excellent. Thank you so much for sharing those with us. And thank you so much for being on the show and sharing your knowledge. And it's fantastic. I so appreciate it, Krista. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Yes. Well, we will talk soon. And uh, thanks again. Thanks for joining us this week on the Pockets of Knowledge podcast. Be sure to join us again next week for more great information designed to educate, inspire, and empower you to achieve your goals. And thanks again for listening.